Today on the Be Sexy Plants podcast, we have Tara Stiles, a plant-based yoga instructor. Tara is a global yoga movement wellness expert, author and founder of Strala Yoga. She's named Yoga Rebel by the New York Times. Tara brings a revolutionary approach to being, moving, healing to inspire millions around the world with a relatable perspective to yoga, meditation, exercise, awareness, nutrition, and everyday well-being. Tara, it's uh, such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat about all the things feeling better for sure. Awesome, and let's let's obviously because our podcast is all first, and we're going to dive into movement today and yoga. We haven't done this on the podcast, but we obviously want to hear a little bit about your journey, also your nutritional journey. How did you um, yeah, yeah, start journey. your health yeah. journey? Um, how did you start that? Was it always part of your life? And and um, yeah, how, how did it all begin? Oh, gosh. Well, I think I got lucky in the beginning. My parents were kind of straight edge hippies, you know, <laughs> they were living in the middle of the country in Illinois and they didn't have a lot of money. So they did a lot of things that I guess people are doing now in order to have wellness and be well, but they were doing them out of what I thought was necessity, but was also pretty good common sense. My mom had a garden. We recycled a lot. We didn't, you know, buy a lot of things from the grocery store and packages. Um, we kind of sat on the floor and spent a lot of time in nature. So those kind of things. So, you know, of course, as a kid, I wanted to get as far away from all of that as possible. So I moved to New York City <laughs> and uh, started dancing. I danced all growing up. So I was doing some contemporary dance and that's actually how I got introduced into yoga. Mm. And that moment was kind of this knock on the head, remembering everything that my parents taught me growing up and realizing that I can use those things for my grown up life. I didn't have to kind of be in this no pain, no gain mindset, you know, caffeine and sugar and go, go, go. And, you know, where am I going anyway, I guess. So it kind of all came back to me and I guess, uh, filled me up for my growing up life for sure. Hmm. So your, your parents were already practicing mindfulness without even uh, talking about and calling it that way. Tell us a little more because that's fascinating, obviously. Yeah, it's super weird. You know, my mom is kind of an artist without calling herself an artist. So she was making pottery and helping us with our art projects. She would like do them for us because she was so much better at it than we were. And my dad is kind of super flexible. So he would be waiting for his food to cook on the stove and be sitting in a squat or with his legs out stretching in the splits. And this was just kind of normal. And I remember having this moment where I went to the woods as a kid. And I think a lot of kids that are just, you know, happy and having that freedom at some point, I came back and I said, mom, you know, dad, are the trees, the people, everything is connected. And they kind of just dismissed it and said, well, duh. Yeah, of course. You know, we don't really need to talk about it. And I think that's just their kind of no nonsense approach. Like they, they weren't studying yoga. They weren't reading mindfulness books and all of these things. They were just being good to themselves, being good to their community and not really calling it anything. So I didn't really know what we were doing. I just thought we were, you know, doing what we had to do to survive essentially. <laughs> They were already living in tune, basically, right? And without calling it 
things they were just like in tune with nature they were just just being (laughs) yeah just Just being being. and when that kind of the nutrition aspect also came came with it obviously from your upbringing too um but was it always then even when you moved to new york was was there a period where you're like oh i need to eat all the sugars and stuff uh, and then you you went back to to healthy eating or how was that and i can even imagine in dance right where there might even also be a lot of like stigma or like diet culture like how like how was that for you well for me there just wasn't time and because i sort of had all these things growing up but i wasn't part of them i wasn't you know in the kitchen learning how to cook and doing these things i would just go to the garden and grab a cherry tomato and then run, you know, and go do something. <laughs> so when I was dancing and, and moving to New York, I didn't know how to cook at all. So, you know, I just grabbed things for energy. I would grab a soda or gummy bears. I'm like, these are amazing. I feel so good in five minutes, you know? And then I felt crap, of course, very soon afterwards. So I literally would follow people around in the grocery store that were buying vegetables and the things that I remembered my mom growing and just starting to get curious and wondering, you know, how do I make this stuff at home? How do I take a tomato and make it great? How do I take a carrot and make it great and just eat the things naturally as they are? But I just started finding the people that were good examples at the time and and going from there. I remember going to my parents' basement a few holidays coming home and finding this old book from the 70s the juice man's juice press or something and he was kind of one of these big you know 80s kind of people making juicing popular back then i'm thinking why didn't you teach me how to do this stuff and you know my mom just thought well it's obvious tara <laughs> you just <laughs> and now i realize it is so obvious you know you don't have to be mm. super fancy about it and um, it can be really simple as long as you kind of, at least for me, kind of stick to the outside edges of the grocery stores and the markets and things like that. Yeah, it's true. We also always say that actually healthy eating is easy, right? I think there's a lot of rules and different things and that people all like put on it. But if you really go back to the basics, it's like, hey, go back to plants, right? Go back to eating whole foods. It makes all the difference. Um, and how how from there, so you from dance went like got in touch with yoga and tell us more about that journey and and how how it started to change you in your life yeah for me i had yoga in this ballet program and my teacher got into yoga with american ballet theater in the 70s so he brought in this yoga person and it was kind of annoying honestly because i felt like oh gosh there's this big thing that now it's all coming together and I have to do it because it's there and I can't deny it anymore. (laughs) So I can't just run to the sugar and the, you know, the cheating in life, kind of just doing things because I feel like it or want to, everything was coming together and it was obvious. So I remember being happy for no reason in that class and then thinking, well, this is pretty cool. This is something I really want for my whole life. And the more I kind of looked around, my friends weren't doing that. I wondered, oh, I wonder why everybody isn't doing this. Maybe it's just because I'm not in this world. So I'm not seeing the world that way quite yet. And for me, it was really this kind of immediate transformation from, okay, now I know what my folks were trying to teach me back then. And now there's this process, there's this language, there's this practice, and there's other people. I was immediately trying to find other people that were kind of 
tuned in to this kind of way of, of being for sure. And that was the first yoga class you had. You were like, wow, this is, this is amazing. Um, yeah, I got lucky that the teacher was, you know, nobody famous. I didn't think of yoga as a way to get, you know, fame back then. <laughs> you know, what really wasn't like that. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a shame that it, it kind of can be like that now, but hopefully we'll get past that too. But this guy was just sitting there. He kind of looked like Jack Tripper from Three's Company, <laughs> you know, just super goofy, curly hair, you know, shorts, and nobody was paying attention to him. No one was even being nice to him. And he was still happy for no reason. And I thought, that's amazing. And when he was taking us through this very simple physical practice, it really clicked for me that it's not about doing the most challenging things you can do with your body. It's about using your body in order to tune into the bigger picture, the bigger kind of whatever you can figure out from there. Mm. And I just was completely mesmerized and thought, well, how can you live without this now? This is amazing. <laughs> nice. I, it's funny. Like I still remember my first yoga class too, actually, which uh, it was in Bali, by the way, which is funny when we're just talking about that, <laughs> but I was with my sister um in Ubud and uh did my first yoga class there and I remember after this class well just very vividly walking over the street and we just looked at each other and we're like what just happened I think we just like felt I mean it was not even that it was easy or anything but it was just literally just felt you you feel connected to your body and I felt like I was floating over the street we're just like oh wow right and I it's, it's something that also like I mean I don't remember a lot of things like, but this is such a vivid memory. I'm like, oh, I really remember how I felt at the moment, which is interesting. So yeah, it's uh, super cool. It's, uh, I, I just love that. I feel like everybody's yoga story is some version of the same story. That's why I love talking to you guys and sharing this because we're all kind of just remembering. Also, I felt, did you feel like you were remembering this thing that was kind of somewhere inside yourself and then like, whoa, <laughs> I just remembered this thing that I don't know yet. <laughs> and I can learn. Yeah, really like, whoa, I really remember we just looked at each other. And we're like, what just happened? Like this was, and really like this floating feeling too, where you just, you felt lighter and just like the way I just, it was really, it was really interesting. Um, and yeah. And then, and, and then tell us, so, so not everybody, right. So after the first yoga class, um, decides, okay, this is, this is my life and I'm going to fully dedicate it and, and build, build a platform. And tell us a little bit, a bit the journey then after that, after you had this realization, what were some of the next steps you said, okay, I want to feel like this every time, but, but how did that then evolve, evolve into becoming this platform and, and, and yeah, inspiring millions of people? Yeah, well, that definitely wasn't my plan at all. I wanted to you know, I figured I would dance with a contemporary dance company and just have this as, you know, my secret in a way. And this is awesome. I want to have this for my life. And like anything that makes you feel that great, I just started asking people, hey, do you do yoga? Why don't you do yoga? What's going on? And all my friends would have their reasons why they weren't practicing, or maybe at that time they hadn't really heard about it in the way that it can help you feel better and all of these things. So I feel like I got kind of pulled into sharing it really against my will kind of, and, and was really just doing it, um, to help my friends feel better and help people that I would meet feel better. And I felt so good. I would meet a stranger that was a little hunched over and say, Hey, do your, does your back hurt? Do your shoulders hurt? And 
you know, it's not just physical therapy, like move your body around and there you go, you're complete, but really including your whole self in that is such a big deal. And I would have these little moments with people and, you know, in five minutes, somebody would feel better, not just a pain relief, but kind of that wow feeling that Mm -hmm. I got too. So I just started learning more, asking more questions, you know, going to the places on the back of the flyer that was having a yoga class or something back then, you know, reading the books, going to the ashram on the back, that kind of a thing. And I was young too. I think back then, a lot of the people that I was seeing that were practicing yoga were in their, you know, 20, 30 years older than me at the time I was 19 and 20. So Mm -hmm. it was people in their forties, fifties and sixties. And they were kind of coming to it because life happened and they needed something to come and pick up the pieces. So I just remember wondering, well, maybe we can do this while life is happening (laughs) and we can pick up the pieces kind of along the way. So, you know, for me, one thing just kept leading to another and I was sharing these things. I got kind of pulled into sharing one-on-one in people's homes. And I was, I guess, teaching private yoga lessons without really even thinking of it as private yoga lessons in a way. And then somebody would say, oh, I have this friend and I have this friend. And my whole schedule was filled with that. I wasn't taking any money for it because I didn't think it was a job at all. Mm. And I remember one person said to me, I'm going to pay you for this because after you come over, I have, you know, my house cleaner, I have my accountant, I have other people that I pay for services and you're doing this thing for me. And I didn't feel like that at all. I just felt like I was sharing this thing that was so good for me. Why wouldn't I share it? So it took me really a long time to kind of figure out that, oh, I am doing this for my life. (laughs) I am doing this and it's okay to, you know, sustain myself a little bit on this. And I guess once I figured that out, the time that I was doing other work, dancing and things started to be filled with more yoga things. And Mm -hmm. Kind of emotionally, I realized, oh, wow, I don't really miss dancing because yoga for me is dancing with the people. And Mm -hmm. that's what I loved about dancing anyway, was that kind of connection with the audience or the connection with a partner. So it felt really, at least in my own emotional world, like I was doing the right thing and having fun. Um, That's an amazing story. So for people who are still, they might have heard about yoga, obviously, but they have in every probably every town now that has a yoga studio um, or somewhat of a yoga studio. I, I feel like there are now. You want to talk about your last no. yoga? <laughs> no, we don't want to talk about last yoga experience. But it, it feels like there's there's all kinds of yoga, right? And if I'm new in this world, I'm confused because now everything sounds yoga, right? From workout yoga to running yoga, whatever it is, right? Um, uh, laughing yoga, etc. Um, can you explain if somebody's pretty new in this, right? Like explain them one more time, what yoga is all about, right? What, why is it, um, not just a physical practice maybe, or, or tell them why, why that's so important maybe to, to do it. What really the essence is actually. Actually, I think the, the cool thing is everybody, when you have that wow experience, we feel the same, but uniquely different with whatever's going on in our lives. So, you know, I would share with somebody that the essence of yoga is connecting all the parts of you together and Mm. firmly also in the world, in your life as well. 
And, you know, when it comes to yoga, it's so, like you said, everywhere right now, and people can feel intimidated and some teachers don't have good intentions and all of these things. But, you know, I feel like we still get so wrapped up in what kind, what style, what teacher. And in a way, if you go to a restaurant and you don't like the food, you don't go back there and say, it's my fault. I just want to like this. Would you just go to a different restaurant? <laughs> so I think with yoga, you know, there are so many different styles and we all teach and practice and lead the way that we love. And if you can find a way to connect that makes you feel most like you, then, then that's great. And if you have a bad experience, it's crappy, you know, but I think if you can just relate it to that normal experience of eating food, then, you know, mm -hmm. we can get less in our heads about it and say, okay, this is a cool thing. So many people are doing it. Everybody's unique. There's a lot of wackos out there, but I can find someone that makes me feel good and that I connect with in a way. So, and that was another reason that I started sharing, you know, I grew up in a Catholic school and the more I started learning about yoga, the more it felt like religious wars, you know, we do it this way and we do it that way. And you need to do it like this. And we don't like these people. And it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> like it can be a lot simpler than that. And hopefully we can all, you know, feel a little bit more at ease with the practice. So we don't get caught up in a lot of the negativity of all those things for sure. Yeah. yeah and I think what you said, I think it's, it's a, a yoga for me is a little more holistic approach, right. To, to, um, your body and your wellness. It doesn't have to be the craziest workout right um so sometimes now it feels like it's it's people understanding like a crazy workout right and for some people it might be the right move but for some people it doesn't right it doesn't have to be that pressure around i i need to i need to sweat like crazy right because i have to work out like crazy um it's more i, I like what you said it's more connecting to yourself and feeling well and connecting the different pieces of of your body yeah and the yoga class I was referring to was we went to a yoga class and I will not call where it was, but it was all in a black room with rap music and yoga movements. And I was just like, this is all doesn't belong together. <laughs> in my in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think it's true with anything that's so powerful that can make you feel that. Wow. Of course, there's going to be all the gimmicks, all the everything yeah. Any variations that follow to try to, you know, harness that or manipulate that or whatever. And some people are going to love it. And yeah. probably I, I was, I, I was fascinated. <laughs> and I, have, I have one question. A really big thing from yoga is obviously the breath. Um, and why, why is that so important? And, and also I mean, for people who don't practice yoga, like, like kind of how does it play and come into yoga? Oh, well, this is super fun because obviously if you're alive, you're breathing all day long anyway. So it can be so confusing. Well, how is it different when I do yoga? <laughs> and if you're tense and you do yoga, you know, you can kind of feel like you're just counting your breaths, sort of waiting for it to be over. But where that real magic happens with yoga is if you're relaxed enough, your breath starts to literally move you, move your body physically and probably move you a bit more emotionally as well. And we start to feel all of those incredible things like, oh my gosh, I feel like a wave lifting and a wave coming down. And, you know, that's why it's so fun to talk about the experience of practicing yoga, because when you actually allow yourself to be at ease, you can do more physically and your breath really starts to move you. It becomes the 
the fuel that's actually picking you up kind of like a piggyback ride. It feels to me sometimes with that inhale. And then your exhale is saying, it's okay. You can relax. I'm going a bit easier. I'm moving into this space. So really, if you get out of the way of a tense body and a tense mind and allow yourself to soften a little bit, then you can really go on quite a ride with your breath. Hmm. Just listening, wow. I just listening, I, <laughs> I just listening to my own breath, and I was like, oh, it feels softening when I when I take a, a, I know, I an exhale, a deep exhale. Yeah, we all we all forget it, right? During the day, we're just like, I mean, for me at least, I just like I catch myself sometimes where I start to breathe so high, versus just like just calm down and actually like your whole nervous system right away relaxes when you start focusing on your breath and just start to breathe a little slower and deeper in your belly. Yeah, that's why it's so cool for me. It's, you know, you do your yoga class or whatever, you know, once a week or once a day, whatever you got. And then hopefully, you know, when you feel that, ah, coming, so, okay, I know what to do. I can, <sighs> and then you kind of pick it back up again. And I don't know, for me, that contrast of being busy, intense, and then realizing, oh, I don't need to feel this way. I can do something about it. I can soften. And then, okay, I can continue doing the thing that I'm doing. and get it done more efficiently and also feel better in the process. I don't have to build up tension all day long until that yoga class comes again. And then I get to let it go. It can be, you know, more of a public display of self-care when you're kind of in the grocery store, you know, picking up the groceries and softening and breathing. And I don't know, it's kind of fun to play with all the time. Once you learn that little trick, you know, you, you kind of can't help to, to do it whenever you can. Yeah. So you, you would say we should just sigh a little more in, When we do our groceries, we should just take a deep breath and sigh and just let everything soften. I think that's a great tip. What are some other ones? Um, there are so many other questions, but uh, now we're talking about it. Um, we're all so busy. We're so uh, on, on the laptops and phones nowadays, especially the last 18 months. Um, what Do you have tips for people like in between, just uh, if they don't have, let's say, an hour to, to attend the class, what, what would be some, some tips you could give people to, to maybe experience? We talked about breath, but what are some other tips you can, you can give people? This sounds really strange, but I love this practice of just crawling down to the ground. And, you know, especially being here in Illinois, seeing some of my older relatives, you get into that lazy, lazy boy chair, you know, and then, and then you, you can't go down to the ground anymore. You just eject yourself out of it. And then then is life. But I really feel like not just for the physical mobility, but for your whole self-connection, just crawling down to the ground, rolling around a bit in yourself, you know, letting the yoga poses be a bit more loose, a bit more, you know, what actually feels good for you right now. Once you learn the alphabet, then you know how to speak and you know how to write all these things. I think yoga can be the same thing. You know, mm -hmm. you know what a downward dog is, you know what a cat cow is, but you don't have to do them in a certain order for it to work, you know? So just crawling down to the ground, actually moving how it feels good for you right now mm. is amazing. And I think also, especially with Zooms and things, you know, there's such this yoga teacher and yoga student thing, but I, I mean, maybe this is a little bit strange, but I really feel like just like with cooking, if you can do something, you can share it. You know, you don't need to be teaching somebody how to do a handstand or something that's, you know, dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. But, you know, anybody can be the person on the Zoom meeting that says, oh, hey, guys, let's take a moment, <laughs> you know, just settle in and 
guide your group through the thing that you do, you know, just soften a few breaths and, you know, just really taking turns practicing that just like you would start the meeting or start whatever you're doing. And it's something I've been doing for years and physical meetings and zoom meetings and all of these things, but I kind of get away with it because I am the yoga teacher coming in and doing something. But the more I started doing it, the more I started thinking, well, everybody else can do this too. <laughs> you know, So why not? I think that's so a true. great, uh, great tip. Even the, even a couple minutes, maybe in, in a cat cow with all fours on the, on the ground or in a, in a down dog, stretching a little bit or even yeah. or standing and stretching or standing, stretching. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think even that, that, that makes a difference and you feel, you feel different. Yeah. Um, and then and taking a couple, a couple of deep breaths we talked about. So um, you guys have so many ideas are, that's, what's cool about right. it. I mean, I had my relatives over and some of them that never do yoga, but they know what I do and they think it's funny. They make fun of me. And my cousin's <laughs> husband has this bad back and he's always like, it's his identity. I have a bad back, all these things. So I said, okay, let's crawl down to the ground. He looked at me like I had four heads, but I got him to lie down on this bench and I just started, you know, doing some knees, hugging in, rolling around and not just the movements. At first he thought, okay, this is like physical therapy. I'm going to do my exercises. And I just started breathing deeper and so he started breathing deeper and then, you know, 10, 20 minutes went by. He didn't want it to end. And he kind of stood up and he said, wow, I feel good. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the most unlikely dude, you know, to ever do stuff. And it's so fun for me, but it's just such a good reminder that we all have this capability inside of us. It's not just for, you know, somebody who we think should be doing yoga. It's really just a natural thing for all of us once we kind of tune in. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm curious. I want to ask you about uh, your book also, because you wrote a book, Clean Mind, Clean Body. Um, and how did that come about? And what is really um what was the reason for writing it? Oh gosh. This book was really about kind of the the really fast rise of the wellness industry. And we've all kind of seen that happen. And being in New York and seeing people kind of go to the yoga studio, then go to the green juice place and go to the massage place and kind of run around and be super stressed at the same time. And just thinking, well, this is kind of interesting. We have wellness stuff everywhere, but we're, we're trying to be good at it kind of collectively. And I kind of felt myself in that phase as well. Well, I've got my healthy skincare cream and I've got this and I've got that. And I'm going to do my five minutes of meditation in the morning. I've got the timer on my watch and kind of, you know, all of these things. So really the idea of it was to show that we can do these practices in our regular life kind of all the time. So when we have a moment to go to a yoga class or to have a green juice or whatever, it becomes something we can actually enjoy and something special and not something that we're just kind of running over and, you know, ignoring ourselves in the process. So that was kind of the, the idea of it, just observing myself in the world when, you know, all of these things just popped up in the last five years, you know, sort of wellness everywhere for a price tag. <laughs> yeah. And you, I mean, you talk a bit about the clean mind, right? I think the, the, the mind body connection, maybe you can you can uh, help our listeners understand why that's so important and how they're so connected, right? In movement and, and meditation, mindfulness, how is that all connected? 
Yeah. I mean, we all kind of know this, but we forget it, that wherever our mind is, the rest of us follows. And, you know, there's all this cool science now you can read about the mind-body connection and interconnection and all of these things. And it's kind of fun way to share that it's not just working out or moving your body because you have your body and it's physical, it's this thing. And it's also to say that, you know, your body isn't just a superficial object that we need to escape and be in our yoga experience in a way. It's sort of, well, what's going on with my mind? If I can actually slow down, take a few breaths, calm myself down. Oh, wow. Now my body's doing what I wanted to do. Now my body's regulating a bit more. Now I actually crave to eat more plants and fruits and vegetables. I want to be better to myself. I want to be better to the people around me. And my body can improve and get better. And I'm not having such a bad relationship with myself. It's sort of moving away from a fight with yourself to moving more toward harmony with yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I think the, the piece is so important. So often forgotten, right? It's your, the health of your mind. I think your and your mindset and the way you think, I think we're so often as you were whole started the conversation of like, go, 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 go. And like only focused on that. Where it's like, hey, actually checking in with yourself and with your inner world versus only focusing on the external. It's, yeah, and it's uh, sort of not our fault in, in a way. You know, there's no pain, no gain has literally been the tagline of, you know, every sports brand since we all were kids. You know, just work really hard, get a good job, save your money, retire and then die. <laughs> it's sort of the plan. And if you want to take care of yourself, that's for vacation or that's for retirement or you're just a deadbeat and you can't have a full life and health at the same time. But, you know, we're all kind of realizing that burnout is not a good thing and we don't want to just relax from burnout and then head right back to it. We can actually move easy in ourselves and get all the things done that we desire to get done and really need to get done and actually feel better really every single step along the way. So I don't know. I feel like it's sort of time collectively, we all want those billboards to change to feel better or take good care of yourself or, you know, live a nice life, you know, be good to yourself, achieve your goals, but also eat well, you know, these kind of things and, and make them, make it more simple. So we can actually do this and, and feel better. Yeah, because in the, the pressure, right. That, that comes with it. It's, it's not healthy and we know it's unhealthy to the added stress from the added pressure and you feel like you have to perform uh we were just talking about the other day when we did a yoga class um that we were both feeling after the first five minutes because we were so in stress and working mode we were like oh what are we doing on this mat now <laughs> right is that really uh, worth our time but then but then you do the hour or you really do this mindfulness practice for a little bit and then you feel so much better you're like yeah it's so worth it uh, to calm down right so nervous system calms down you actually can think again, right? Your feel, body, you, you feel, feel your again. body actually yeah. uh, moves the way you wanted to move, like you said. Um, so I think if we collectively pause a little, right, that would that would help everybody to to live a better life and and reduce stress and and therefore a healthier life, right, for for us collectively as a society. Yeah. And I think the other piece, which I always find very interesting, I'm a very sensitive person. So I always pick up a lot of energy also from other people, but you know, everyone does at the end of the day. And I think the more you take care of your own energy, 
you help people all around you because they're all picking up on your energy, right? Mm. So I think there is this beauty in it, even if you don't want to do it for yourself, but you just do it for the other people around you. Um, I'm talking about you, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> talking about me? Partners. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but it is it is so powerful, and it's it's like what you just said, right? Where you, you know, you were breathing with someone, and then he started to breathe, right? So it is something that just spreads. It's so beautiful and simple, and I love I love that too. I mean, we have, you know, I love doing yoga in groups because then we all kind of go off, and then it's like a big experiment. What's going to happen? And then you come back the next time and say, "What happened?" You know, and this is always what happens. People say. I went to my work. I was calm. I was relaxed. The meeting went better. You know, we figured out these things or my relationship improved and all of these magical results that you could never sit down and say, well, you have to do X, Y, Z in order to get these things to happen. But if you're just calm and more connected with yourself, then that sort of radius around you, like you said, we all experience it. You can feel each other's vibe. Mm -hmm. I think there was a study, uh, my friend, Rudy Tanzi is a neurologist because I asked him about this because he's, you know, science. I'm like, you know, you can feel the vibe around somebody. What's up with that? And he said, well, actually eight feet around you, you there's actually a measurable vibe. <laughs> I'm like, well, that makes sense. <laughs> so if you have on like the special nerd glasses or whatever, maybe you can see where your, you know, the measurable energy stops, but that completely makes sense. You know, if you walk into a room and you're calm, the other people just react to what's going on. And that's just super cool. I agree. And that's a great bridge to detox. You talk about detox also a lot and and um are a bigger fan of, of detoxes physically, but also in, in, in different shapes and forms, technology too. Uh, tell us a little bit about why why detoxes might help that with that, right? Um with with calming people down, de-stressing. Um tell us a little more about um how you incorporate it and and your thoughts around it. Oh, yeah. I mean, in order to make a change, you have to make a change. Right? <laughs> I think detox has become one of those polarizing words, too. But how are you going to make a change unless you actually change the things that you're doing? You know, you have to make a, a better way. So, yeah, simple things that, again, we all know, but unless they're written down in a book or unless your friend shares them with you, then you're just going to continue doing the regular things. Like everybody goes to bed with their phone. You know, everybody's, oh, it's my alarm clock. How am I going to, to live or wake up? Or I need to check that email first thing in the morning. And, and we don't, you know, you can put it outside of your bedroom and get another alarm clock or do something else and wake up in the morning, do a few simple breathing practices, one moment of stretching. The whole thing can take about 15 seconds <laughs> and then you can go and, get that phone if you really need to. So things like that. And really just simply looking at how you're moving around, whether you're at the grocery store, you know, are you standing in line, super stressed, wondering, you know, if that person's going to hurry up or what's going on, or can you actually soften yourself, take a few breaths, move from your middle a little bit, look around. And, you know, every time I do that, I have some goofy smiling moment with somebody else and it's super fun, you know, or I have a, an unexpected conversation with, with somebody or checkout person or really whatever that is. And it makes my experience better, but I think it makes other people's experiences better as well. And really just how we're moving around in our daily life. You know, you can pick up the, the toys on the floor if you have little ones or clean up things with stress and a lot of tension, you know, kind of hurting your back, or you can crawl down to the ground and 
do a little cat cow and pick up the things and hey, you feel better. And, Mm. you know, a lot of the times if we're in that kind of freak out mode, we don't even think that we deserve to feel better. And I think if you kind of start to do one of these things or two of these things, you really start to invent your own ways. You want to eat better. You want to, you know, sweep the floor by moving your middle instead of by, you know, forcing the mop around or whatever it is, or you can sit there with your partner or with your kids and breathe instead of, you know, trying to get them to do something for you or whatever your kind of default is. And really these simple detox practices can make everything change. So super. I love these and everybody can, can do these. So you, you, you're basically telling all of us, we can do this throughout the day. We don't have to do something massive and, and go on a 28 day detox somewhere in the mountains um you said you're telling also nice (laughs) yeah Um, sure let's go (laughs) but you're saying hey even at the grocery store and 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 catching ourselves how we in this moments right are can make a huge difference and i believe that i'm i need to pay more attention um on on these little things sometimes yeah i think it's the the little moments where you just like become aware and you really i mean really it's presence right of being aware of oh yeah i'm here like what's going on? I think we have such a tendency to fall in our habits. Um, and people always, uh, the argument is, oh, I don't have time, right? Um, I don't have time to do all these things, but... Um, people or your argument? Maybe my argument too, <laughs> thank you. Um, but um, but I feel like when we do it during our day, right, it doesn't require extra time. Yeah. You mentioned... You, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, if you if you feel like you don't have time, it's sort of... What's super cool, and this is a little bit strange, but you know, everybody's had that flow state experience, whether it's running or yoga or gardening or doing something you love, and you feel like that sense of space and time is just, whoa, it's kind of expanded in a way. And when you do these things, that happens as well. You know, you feel like we feel like we don't have enough time because our idea of time feels limited. So therefore it is. And when we do these things, we realize, oh, I have time to do all these things and I'm moving myself more efficiently. So I'm getting more done in actual less time and Mm -hmm. I'm not stressed. So I don't feel this time crunch and I'm still achieving not just the same amount, but actually more. So I think a lot of people say, oh, that's great. You can feel better, but I really want to, you know, be at the top of my game. And for me, I know that you can't be at the top of your game unless you slow down. So mm-hmm. it's sort of this, you know, you have to do it. It's not just a nice thing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, as a mom, how how did you also integrate some, um, I don't know if it's meditation or kids yoga, like how, like how do you bring that into their life? Well, I guess when she was super little and when she was still in my belly, I was just kind of doing my thing, but everything changes when they're on the outside, at least for me. <laughs> and one, one thing I really noticed from the beginning was I was super stressed trying to just, you know, do a good job for her. And she could pick up on that. Even when she was a baby, she would cry more if I was holding her and just a little ounce of extra tension. So if I could calm myself and move from my middle as I'm holding her, even now she's almost five, everything goes better. It doesn't mean that everything goes how I think it should go, but everything goes so much better. So with yoga and all of these things, we don't do things that are super structured. I do my yoga and she knows that. So she kind of by default knows yoga and 
we do Tai Chi and she knows that. And the funny thing is when the, the grouchy relatives come over, she'll go over to them and like lean on their back and say, you need to relax. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I feel like, you know, she doesn't need this kind of formal yoga mm. teaching. I mean, I've done a lot of things with her and the Superman and the kids yoga and all of those things, but really at the end of the day, she just says, Oh, let me do my yoga or let me go do my shiatsu. Let me go do my Tai Chi. And, and even washing her hands in a public bathroom, you know, you have those paper towels and she's too, uh, you know, too busy to pull that down. So she just does like a Tai Chi little shake of her hands. And she's like, well, that's the Tai Chi, you know, dry your hands shake mama. Didn't you know that? (laughs) So I'm thinking, well, this is cool. You just do the things that you know. And for me, it's not trying to teach her anything and, you know, see what she comes up with kind of on her own in that way. Mm. And you said if, if you are calm, uh, your kid is calm, right? As a, and she's calm, right? And that's, that's, it's just wild. I mean, even if she's having a, a tantrum or freak out, if I'm calm, it, it goes better. <laughs> you know, if I flip out as well, it's never worked. <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't always been successful, but again, I know, I know it works. And for the most part, it's just, it's so much better. It's so, it's so much more fun. And, you know, I feel more present listening to her when she says all of these cool things, you know, kids come up with neat ideas. I always try to find out where were you before you were here, before you were a person. (laughs) And, you know, I can, I feel like I have the space to think of these things instead of, are you eating enough vegetables? Are you learning enough, you know, reading or whatever it is, you know, we're doing all of those things, obviously, but, you know, there's space to ask kind of interesting questions and have these more fun moments that we're interested in for sure. Nice. And for all the, the busy moms out there, obviously you're you're busy, right? You're, you're running your own company and and doing all these things. Um, tell us, like, how how even in terms of nutrition and stuff, like, what are some other tips you can you can give mom? Because we hear so many times, right? My my kids don't eat vegetables, um, and they don't like vegetables. Um, I can't do it, and I'm so busy and out of time. Um, so tell us a couple of tips, right, for people who's listening. Um, how you did that also maybe on the nutrition side and, and how you, um, you know, organize that during the day and, and how that works. Yeah. Well, I mean, this might sound really annoying, but we eat vegetables. So she eats vegetables. <laughs> that's like, that's what's around, you know? And I feel like I got lucky. She, we don't eat meat, but somebody gave her meat when she was little and she just spit it out and she doesn't like it. So I thought, okay, yes, this is easy now. <laughs> so, you know, we eat the same thing she eats. We don't make super complicated things. If I want to make, you know, veggie spring rolls, I'll make them for myself with like the hot sauce and everything. But, you know, we have things like steamed broccoli and carrots and fresh bread and, you know, tofu with a little salt, just super simple things. And mm-hmm you know, it's, it's kind of aggravating because the way that they learn about the junk food is, you know, in a school setting (laughs) or like with friends or she came home the other day and I said, what did you have for a snack? And they bring everybody snack. And she said, I had this thing called an Oreo and it was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I was saying, you know, okay, crap, what do I say now? And of course, you know, you're going to find out about the world and it's not like an Oreo is going to be the end of the world, but I was just wondering how this conversation could go. And I said, well, you know, we can have chocolate cookies. We can make them ourselves or there's all these really cool brands and they, 
you know, she knows about the planet recycling and all that. We do, we're just trying, you know, experimenting or whatever. And I said, well, Oreos have chemicals and chemicals aren't so good for us. And she was like, but it tasted really good. So maybe chemicals are good. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, in general, you know, we just keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. You know, she eats some of those kind of healthy food bars, things like that. And, you know, I'm sure it's not exactly perfect, but she has lots of energy, you know, at her wellness checkups or all those things, you know, she's off the charts and, you know, we just, we don't have the fast food and the processed food problem because we just don't buy that stuff. You know, I don't want to eat it myself if it's in the house, you know, I don't, I don't really want it in the house. So it's just kind of been what it's been for us for sure. She's, you know, we can't really go to a restaurant and have, you know, some heavy pasta or something because she she'll just be like where's the broccoli you know so yeah. <laughs> i think it i think it can be a lot more simple you know if yeah. you it, whatever you eat they're going to eat you know so and if you think that healthy food is bad then they're going to think healthy food is bad you know if you think true. oh well you got to eat these vegetables she thinks broccolis are trees and that's the coolest thing in the world but you know my mom did that for me too so i think i grew up you know we didn't have a lot of money so we didn't buy these boxes of food that, you know, cost more than just growing your own vegetables for sure. So she's kind of learning how that all works. And my aunt has a garden. So, you know, it's just so cool to pick a tomato and eat it. Like, yeah. (laughs) And we love that. I still love that. Yeah. I mean, I think there, there's this connection missing, right. Where we just don't even think about anymore of like, where's the food actually coming from? And if you really, I mean, if you really just think about it, right. How amazing is it? that this little plant is growing this amazing tomato, right? Out of wherever you have soil, some water, air, and it just like grows this amazing, delicious tasting tomato. And I think we just like, we don't often enough pause and just think about like actually the magic of even like whole foods being grown and that they're just there. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something we should we should one more question, Michael. And then we, we oh really go already rep, yeah. Rep, oh, uh, I miss you guys. <laughs> <laughs> here, I, I know wanna, it's going fast. Here, I want to because obviously um, people are listening saying, oh yeah, Tara is a yoga teacher. Uh, she has done doing all these things. I get it. Um, tell us, kind of. Um, I'm super curious. How, tell us about your your day. Walk us through your day. Um, because then we're inspired kind of like on, on what you're eating, how you're moving. I, I would love some to, routines? some routines. I would love to hear more about that. So we, we, we all listening can uh, maybe pick up one or two nuggets there to, to incorporate in our own day. Sure. I mean, I'm, I've always been a fan of, you know, easiness. It has to be easy. It has to be, you know, inexpensive, all of these things. Otherwise I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to run to, you know, a studio here and, and go do something in a hot room, just have a hot room or whatever that is. But for me, you know, when I wake up in the morning, uh, I have a little bit of time. Thankfully our, our daughter sleeps to like eight 30 or nine. So I, I know that that's really lucky. <laughs> so she's still asleep. And I have time to do my own yoga and also my own work things. So I come up to our studio, our office space here and do yoga, do the work things, just have time for myself, drink tea, have breakfast, have water, all whatever I want to do. Um, so that's nice. And because my husband and I are together with her and he works with me, we kind of have this, 
you know, pretty lucky setup as well. Not one person is running off and the other person is in charge all the time, but we've also structured it. So we each have time to do the things and we each have time with her. So they have breakfast together and either she's off to school or we go to, you know, go do something as a family, the park or whatever. And, you know, I'll give him some time to do some things that he wants to do. And then her and I will go to the park or whatever. And I'm that wacky mom too, that just is on the playground playing too. I think that's another moment. You don't have to sit on the side and look at your phone and be miserable, you know, with kids, you know, it's okay. And I've just, I jump on the playground with her. She always asks me to. So, you know, it's kind of neat because then I start talking to the other parents and caregivers and, and people in general, and then the kids, and I get to know the people that are just hanging around in the same neighborhood. So that's another real opportunity for movement as well. And, you know, we come home, we have lunch or snacks or dinner or whatever. And then after she's in bed, there's still some more time, you know, I can stay up a little bit later, not too much later, but I'll have time to do some more work things, creative projects, whatever, a little bit of yoga, kind of self-care time. And, and really that's it. And for me, it's so super simple and you know, of course it's a busy schedule and a busy day. Lots of things happen each day and different things happen each day. But, but for me, having that kind of structure of the day is also really useful to know when I have the time for myself and when I have the time with her and knowing when I have time with her, it's not taking away time from me. Also, even if she wants me to play lost animals with her stuffed animals for the million time, you know, I can do that instead of from standing up and hunching over, I can do that crawling around on the ground, taking care of myself and doing those things. And it becomes a lot better. I know we won't play lost animals for the rest of her life. So that's okay. <laughs> so making time, I'm, I'm hearing making time for yourself is very important either in the morning for an hour or if, if you are able to, or at night um, for a little bit longer, just to, to be with yourself or taking care of yourself, um, treating yourself. I think that's that's some of the nuggets I took away. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, the, the hard thing now, I think, was for myself and for, for a lot of people, even because we're, you know, hyper connected is just if you can put your phone down for a little while, you have so much time <laughs> and not just from the emails and the, the calls and the things that you actually need to do, but just from the scrolling of the news and watching videos and social media and all of those things. For me, I really needed to first of all, recognize that the internet and my experience with it has changed in the last few years. There's just so much interesting things and so much distraction as well. So giving myself those pockets of time. So I know I'll check that for a little bit in the morning after I do my stuff. I want to see what my friends are doing and, you know, connect and things, you know, everybody's messaging each other from all these different platforms. So it's kind of, you know, you can't really just check your email anymore. So realizing the reality of that, but also realizing that that's a big problem for really most of us and just having that encapsulated moment of the times that we actually do look at our phones and give ourselves that kind of even the goof off time. So I'm not, I don't want to be at the playground looking at my phone. Mm. I want to be making sure she's safe and having a good time. And I don't want to be with my family sitting on the floor looking at my phone. I want to be with my family. So. Mm -hmm. having time where I do look at my phone and then most of the time where I don't and realizing that it's not going to make you irrelevant. It's not going to 
make you miss out on what's going on. You can still look at the news if you want to. And all of those things will be there when you decide to pick it back up, but you don't have to have it kind of all day long. Mm, doing having containers around it and, and making time around it where you are present in the moment there and, and have pockets of time. Okay, now it's time to check in online. That's another fantastic advice. I think it's a really, really good tip. And yeah. I think there's almost no one who should not hear that. So, oh. so yeah. it's uh, let's dive into uh, rapid fire. A little rapid fire, yeah. and then um, we're already closing it out. Yeah. Um, Tara, what's your favorite plant milk? Ooh, I love oat milk, although I'm open to all plant milks. <laughs> I've tried to make it myself. I need to ask you guys for some more recipes, but we, we do buy it in the box. I know that's not so great, but, you know, baby steps. <laughs> uh, what's your che uh, favorite cheat food? Mm, I think still gummy bears. But there's all of these like healthy options now that don't have, you can get the ones dyed with beets or whatever, but they're still not that great for you. But I, I like them. <laughs> What's your favorite book or documentary about health? Oh, gosh. Um, oh, my friend Joe Cross, Fat, Sick and, and Nearly Dead. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. Great one. Um, favorite workout? Yoga, obviously. But I guess yoga for me isn't, I do it for my whole life but um actually now daisy is she's getting into running and swimming so i think swimming right now is my favorite workout it's hard <laughs> for me anyway <laughs> um i never leave the house without Ooh, a book i guess which is oh. bad i should have my driver's license now that i'm driving all the time but it's usually a book <laughs> i try to get my reading time in on paper um when i get hangry i eat Ooh, that's a good one. Lately, it's been tofu with all kinds of crazy things like hot sauce and soy sauce and things like that. <laughs> nice. And that's it for the Tara. Thank you so much for yeah. um, um, reminding us to be more present, present more mindful, um, more kind to uh, ourselves. Yeah. make some time and uh, that was fantastic to hear from you where can people find you exactly oh gosh uh easy you know the internet we can find everybody these days <laughs> but my website is terrastyles.com and then for all the yoga astralyoga.com we have an app i teach yoga every day live it's super fun and the classes are available afterwards as well and we've got all the all the things there And then on, on most social media, and I do check it every day, messages and things like that, but I'm not there all day long. So sorry if I don't respond within 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We yeah. heard it now. Containers. Containers. <laughs> Containers. And up. Uh, Tara, thank you so much. It was, uh, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much, guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you.